So the first one is on by here by Yibakergem Hashishi. So Chazal say two points in this drush of this the hay in Yem Hashishi. Okay. So um this you take part of the sixth day and you add it on to Shabbos. So please didn't say fascinating shot over here. Um the second one, there's a there's a connection between the Yom Hashishi and Shabbos. That's why the concept of Tzavah Shabbos makes sense, because we actually because the truth is there is a connection between Yom Hashishi and Shabbos. So it's possible to add from Shishi to Shabbos. And the first part he's going to explain is what the connection between the two is. Okay, we can find the explanation of these sentences by realizing the meaning of the of the hay. Okay, when, whenever you give the distinguishing adjective. Hey, by itself, without any following qualifying sentence, it says as an object for which our minds have been prepared by what preceded it. This is a man, brings the idea man to our minds, quite by itself as something fresh. But this is the man. When you say the, you're referring to the one which you've been referring until now. So you know, oh, and this is the guy we're talking about. Right? So the is always referring to something which has been in, in conversation prior. That's. You know, as opposed to just saying it's a definite article, it means a, a known entity. The point is, it's been something, the reason why it's known is because you've been discussing it. You're, it, it, you're referring back to something which is already familiar. Okay? Now, so this is the man, also this is the man, presents him as something about which we already know. Were it to have said Yom Shishi, this was a sixth day, would have had no further relation to the preceding days beyond it being number six in the series. Well, it's, obviously if it's six, it has to be referring back to what's before, because it has to be a five and a four and a three and a two beforehand. But we told Yom Hashishi, so in what way are we referring back to something which is discussed prior more than just numbers? Okay. We are told Yom Hashishi that this was the sixth day, we clearly to regard this day as the one for which other days were preparatory, one to which they led up to, in which the list of creations found a goal and came to an end. So it only makes sense to say thus the, the, the ha shishi means that it, we understand that everything until then is some way pointing towards this. This is and this is what we've been talking about all along. So if you, uh, you see the world as having a purpose, so you say, oh, and this is the purpose that everything we've wanted until now. So how is Yom Hashishi the purpose of everything which is beforehand? <coughs> which then the hey makes sense. It is, of course, stress as none of the other days had the distinguishing hey. So what happened on the sixth day, which therefore now gives you a reference point to the previous six, five days, man was created. So this is the day we've been waiting for. This is what everything we've been referring to until now. This is what we've been anticipating the whole time. And now the sixth day was just the one which was to bring to the creator world. It's Adam. It's God representing Lord and Master. The hay of Yom Hashishi literally tells us that tonight he's a Kodesh Baruch in my separations. So now we understand. I mean, everything until now was, continu- was contingent upon this day. 
The tenuous of the purpose of the preceding creations were dependent on the creation created the sixth day, dependent on this creature called, called man, that that undertakes faithfully fulfills his mission. So he discussed the word order before, represents the idea that he's a, he's a master, etc. Over the, the Bria. Okay, now. With this creature of man in the course of time misjudged and misused his position, left his mission unfulfilled. So then, there's no purpose to the whole world. So you understand why the version says that the world can go back to Tovavo. The answer is, well, well, the Jews are going to step in and take that, take that mission from all of mankind to specifically the Jews. So now it comes out that the Jews had said no, the Yom Hashishi cannot be fulfilled. So Yom Hashishi is not referring to the Shishi, Rashi is referring to the Shishi of Siva. It means the Yom Hashishi, which the, the Torah, by giving the, putting the hay there, is saying, this is what it was all about. If it ain't about it, so there's nothing. Nothing to do with Shabbos, though. We're not going to get to Shabbos yet. This is all Friday still. <laughs> so it's an extraordinary point. He's going to see the, the primary day of the week is actually Friday, not Shabbos. It's Christian It's Christian man. man. Right? That's not how you normally picture the week. Right. I know. That's, that's, that's the Kiddush of the Shtickle. It's awesome. Only the entry of Israel into the history of man of the world was the first step taken for the ultimate return of mankind to pure, pure, true recognition of its real position and mission. Then the Sinai can be and truth be expressed. Okay, so it comes out sixth day became the purpose of is the day which is ha shishi. There, where the sixth day itself received the deep meaning of the conclusion of creation. And it's so is raised within the sphere of the Sabbath of creation. Okay, so now what's the connection now between Shishi and Shvi that we sort of talk about this in the context of Shvi when really it's connected to Shishi? For the seventh day, the Sabbath of creation, as we shall see, was that to be essentially an ever-recurring reminder to man who was set in the world on the sixth day to be the representative of God on earth to be conscious of this high calling but of his still being dependent upon God and the duty it imposes. So Shabbos was given to be a reminder of why you were created. That's the purpose of Shabbos. So it reminds you that you, you're dependent on God, and he created well for a reason, and he wants you to fulfill that reason. So you were given the mission on day six. Day seven is going to be the reminder of, about that. What? So Shabbos is serving Friday, in a way. So it comes out Shabbos is serving Friday. So that's why it says the concept of Sefer Shabbos, that you can take Shabbos, what we do on Shabbos is connected to the concept of Friday. So therefore, seven accordingly is simply the result of the sixth. It presupposes its existence and is to be the guarantee of the ultimate realization of the high calling of man in the creation. This is why Shabbos creation reaches over into the sixth day and is the deep truth that rebuked and expressed. And when he says, Yomashishi Zesh Six days is what essentially was brings the concrete world to its conclusion. So it means what is essentially for the persistence, what is essential for the physical of the Fine. Okay. That's why we start Kiddush with Yamashishi. Isn't it an awesome piece? Yeah. And it's a question like, you're never, like, you're never like. <laughs> so I have multiple thoughts in it. So first of all, there's, you know, there's, a, there's a beautiful Ramah, which actually I've been to learn today with Timin Khamar. Some of the Allah was standing up with you, stand for the, the first paragraph of Ayyukhulu you during Kiddush or you sit. So Makabra says you have to stand. And Mo says that no, you sit. Um, and it's better to sit, he says, because you sit, you're being mighty other people. 
So there's a kriya together, etc. You should sit. But he says a minute because they stand up for the first. The 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 for Yom Hashishah by Yichudu Hashemayim. Because it's marumas in those four words, the name of Hashem. Yom Hashishah by Yichudu Hashemayim. A yud and a hey and then a vav and then a hey. So it comes out. Um, that's what I didn't tell. So that's what I do. No, no, I mean, you sit you stand for the first four words. You stand for the first words, then I said the rest. Words. Then you sit down for the rest? Yeah. Most yeshivas, the minute first half, second half, right? Most yeshivas which follow Mishabura do that. Right. In Europe, Mishabura wasn't really the right. Makriya. So, so the, the remorse said that was the minute. So that was what they did. And so until they're still they're in a time warp back to, uh, you know, they still say a main to a Misabahavo also, you know. <laughs> Not like the Mishra Baruch. They kill. So, so he says an awesome thing over here. It really it comes out that Shabbos was just a result of Friday. So um, it's interesting because there's a piece of Hirsch by the um, the Pariachag. So Pariachag are fascinating. That the number fourteen is a really strange number. Uh, Thirteen is a really strange number. Thirteen, twelve, etc. Fourteen is seven. We refer to sevens, you know. So two sevens, you know. You know, we get it. What's thirteen? So he says that really thirteen is not thirteen. Thirteen is actually seven plus six. Okay, he says, and there are two approaches to the world. There's a seven approach and there's a six approach. The seven approach is, is the physical world is is has six sides to it. The four directions, the top and bottom. So three, anything which is three dimensional has six sides to it. So six represents the physical world. When you take the physical world and you just leave it as a physical world, it's a six. When you take that world and you inject a Kodesh Baruch into the middle, now you have a seven. So when you add a spiritual dimension to it, that's what seven represents. That's why this is six days of the work of the week, and the seventh day is Shabbos, you know, etc. We always have that relationship between six and seven. So he sees that six is the physical reality, and seven is the the injection of. So what's what's happening? There's a fight between Kaiso and Numazalim. Kaiso believes in the seven, and Numazalim believe in the six. So the first night, first day, there's seven and six. And eventually, by the last day, there's all there's a seven. The, the, the six has dissip, dissipated. The, the, the sheet of the Musarlam has been, been eradicated, and all you're left with is the seven of Klaus. And that's how he sees what happens on the Pari Echag and the seven days of... What? Then we jump to an eight. And then there's a castle oh. called eight, which is the Malamitev, right? And that's, so seven is not Lamalamina Teva. Seven is introducing the spirituality into the Teva. Whereas eight is beyond that. And that's a bit, a bit, the idea of seven, in other words, Shabbos is not the point to live something which is extraordinary beyond the world. The, the idea of Shabbos is to introduce Kedusha into the world itself. So, so in that construct, it's clear that six is very, very much subservient to the seven. The primary element is the seven mm. and the six. But the truth, if you're thinking about it, that's not, that, that, it's not a steer at all. Exactly the point. The point is... Seven tells what the six is. The, the, the seven is not something outside of the six. The whole point of the seven is, in, is, is to inject something into the six. So the best way of saying it is the six is primary in a certain sense. 
because the seven is there to give purpose and function to the six. Seven, I was, the six is like the block itself. So you need right. a block, and then the seven puts it inside. If you don't have the block, there's no... Right. So my wife told me over from the... She's been listening to, to Sivan Rahav Meir. So, so um, she gave a muscle of an inflatable. Inflatable. It's an inflatable ball or whatever it is. So you have an inflatable cube, right? Yeah. So it has six sides. We have to blow the air in to make. make <laughs> so the 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 air you blow in is what gives form to the others to, to the six. But the reality is, it's it's the the the, the purpose isn't the air. The air, the purpose is that, that should give a, give a form right. to the six, right. which it's is there. Called the ball. It's not called right. Right. air. So <laughs> right. Well, if you blow into a beach ball, you don't get a cube. That's true too. I'm saying, but if, you, if that's how you'd have an inflatable cube, <laughs> you have an inflatable cube. Why not? Um, so, but 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 what he does put is he, he puts you know the the he puts man on a pedestal, which is a fascinating question. You know that man's role, man has this dual role in the world. He's to be subservient to his creator, and to turn around and raise and elevate the whole world to that recognition. So as much as he's given that role, he's the primary purpose of the whole creation. And he's, he's, he has to perceive himself as being something greater and, and a higher calling than everything else. Um, like, I once had a conversation with, I think I told you, with a with person who was a, who was a vegetarian. Um, and they told me that they don't eat meat. I said, that's, I think that's correct. You shouldn't eat meat. And they looked at me like, doesn't, you know, don't you believe in eating meat? I said, I, I believe that a person who sees world, a world having a, a greater purpose and function, a higher purpose, has a right to eat the meat to remind him that he's not an animal. Because this way it reminds him that he doesn't just have a physical existence. He has an existence which is something greater. But a person who believes that the man and animals are the same, so why do you write to eat animals? Ah. Any better than the animals? <laughs> yeah. The whole purpose—the reason why man is eat the animals—remind him that he's not an animal. But you walk around saying, you know, like my wife told me one time she was by the zoo, like you, know, the, you have those these moments of like you know your stomach gets sick, you know, and they're standing there the the ape house, and she hears and says, "Look at our cousins." This lady saying to her their children, you know, like you know, look at the cousins. You know, like if that's your answer, these are cousins. So you know, cousins is grand ancestors. You know, it's, it's, but it's the end o'clock of the ancestors. <laughs> no, people are apes. Homo sapiens. Homo sapiens means a wise ape, right? So all we are is a wise ape. That's what it means. Yeah, sapiens means intelligent. So. um um, what did a vegetarian say to you after you told him or her that? It was a her. <laughs> the conversation happened to sort of like end very abruptly at that point. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> I thought it was a very good point. So I said, I told him to go more. The more says, the more I'm stalking, the end of the, end of the third paragraph, the more says, and I'm worse than I'll eat meat. Because why should he have a right to eat meat? What is he doing which elevates him greater than the animal that he has a right to have dominion over the animals? 
So I said, that's not my own idea. It's a, it's, 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 you know, the the Chazal said it already. But how do you account for animals eat animals, though? So that's a good question. Right? Animals definitely eat animals, and that the Russian created in the world such a concept. But the human being, as much as he has an element of morality, he has to stop and think: Should I be doing this? And the answer is: Why should you? Why, why should you be expressing dominion over something when you don't really see yourself as having dominion over it in a real way? That's you know. So, getting back to over here, so the, as much as the man perceives himself as being the 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 yom hashishi, that the, the moment of creation was it was an extraordinary moment in the history of, of of the world. The moment of the creation of man changed the face of everything. Everything changed when, when man entered the picture. Man wasn't just another animal. But Shabbos is the vehicle to remind you of that. Okay, that's the first piece. Um, the second piece is not really different. It's not, it's, it's not a directly connected thought. By Yechulu. So he points out that the word Kalei combines two apparently opposing meanings. That's the, chapter 2. Right. So Kalei means to be destroyed. Lashanov, Kilisem, Kiloyan, etc. Clearly ceased to exist. Ye sons of Jacob have not ceased to exist. Okay, and at the same time, Kaleb means to reach the highest degree of perfection. It says that there was Kolabai, so called the Morov, the house was completed in every way. So these, that, so the, the two usages of those same words seem to be quite extraordinary. You find the same peculiarity in the word tam, Tamam. Um, so it, 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 it can be the ending of something, or it could be the completion of something. Right. Okay. The truth may be at the root of this peculiarity. First, firstly, that every perfection on one on one side presupposes the cessation in the in the opposite side. If you're if you're perfect, means you've come to the final function that you have. There's no then there's nothing more. Anything and anybody can only be perfect in one thing if the person if the person then gives himself up completely to that. And now he has a second point. If I want you to be the, the perfect X, you can't be also Y. He who wishes to be perfect in various things at the same time will only be half perfect in each of them. That's one point. Further, there is no such thing as absolute destruction. All seizing is only to be relative, is only to, to tradition of one condition and form. Matter is indestructible. Like Isaac Levy wrote, that IL stands for Isaac Levy. That was the uh, the, the Hirsch's grandson, who um, who um, translated. No, I'm sorry, he didn't translate. He was uh, the one who. Um, yeah, he translated. He did the translation. He read this the translation. Okay, so therefore the, the so that's a fascinating. The two points over here. The perfection in one area means if you're trying to the, the jack of all trades, the master of none, is, is saying that's a reality. That perfection in one thing means you're going to end everything else. That's one point. And the second point is that you, nothing it really ever ends. That's, that's sort of like sounds like a steer a little bit. There's no perfection. Though. So. So therefore, the, the Council of Calais is to strive for a certain ends, which you find the word tachlis, the purpose, the end or the tachlis, the purpose. Um, 
Tichler means striving, striving towards and achieving a goal. The Chol Tichler reisikates Rechava Mitzchotzel Meoid, which the pasuk can tell him, right? In sixty nine ninety six, um, right? In Psalms CXIX ninety six, right? If my math is correct, that's 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 sixty nine. Um, there is no end to which one may devote everything else. Only fulfilling God's commandment is, is an end which is all embracing and all demanding. That's also kala, which means to long for something, and kli, anything which serves as a definite purpose, tool, vessel, clothes, etc., to lead to an end. Kala is to lead to an end. By Yechula, they were brought to their des- destined end. Wait, what is that? It's 119, isn't it? It's 119. 119. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. I think L. That's the long chapter. Yeah. 96. I don't know what 96 is. Verse. Verse. Oh, that's the verse. Long. Yeah. Call Tickler Reese Kates. Kupitas. Seems right, Kupitas. Anyway, then we know what he's talking about. Um, Thank you for the correction. Okay. So he completion, the, the deal of destruction, the idea of longing towards something, the idea of a kli, and the idea of purpose, all of the same word, root. That's that's, so that, 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 it was worth the paragraph just for that. Right, to think about it, right, the, purpose, the idea of a taklis is it has a purpose. Because, right, it, 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 it's, it means there's an end to what you're, what you're striving for. The kale is the idea that you're, you're hoping towards something. Turns and ends, and a kli is a vehicle which helps you get to there. Um, so now we say by yichulu. So the, everything in the bria it was by yichulu. Now the um, if you want to go back to the previous previous point, so yom hashishi by yichulu hashemayim, right the. The Bayichulu Hashemayim Ba'oritz is only in the in the context of the Yom Hashishi because that's what gave everything its 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 the the desired end that it was supposed to. You can't say it reached the point of the end until a purpose was was injected into it. So, so I was thinking, really, this is maybe a little Hasidish, that 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 Ramor that that the Russian name is Marumis in Yom Hashishi Bayichulu Hashemayim. Is a fascinating thought. Now, the Bershem, the, the Shem Havaya is that Bershem brings something into existence. He's the source of all existence and he brings something into existence. He, he has intrinsic existence and he brings into things, the world into existence. That's what the Shem Havaya represents. So, in those words, it's describing this idea of the whole world being brought into existence. Specifically focusing on the idea that it has the world, the Russian did it with intelligent thought, which means there was a purpose to it. So, as opposed to Kasha Shalom, if a world would come, it would be a random world, it would be purposeless. A world which is brought into creation by a creator presupposes that he has a reason why he's doing it, because he's a creator. 
So there has to be a purpose. So the, the, the final crowning of a Baruch Hu as the Shem Havaya is specifically in Yom HaShishi Vayikulu HaShemayim. Yom HaShishi is referring to the creation of man, but now the, the world has a purpose. So, you know, he doesn't say that point, but um, the, the it was just the, the um, so now that skip the, the skip the next paragraph. I said, teach us to take this conception even more poignantly. See, they teach because I'll say that the world was expanding. Many verses which had been called in were in the state of continuously progressive evolution and development. Then God set a goal and a limit to the development that He was Shakai. Which Chazal Darshan Shomer Lelomaydai he called it sufficient to his world. Shemola Omer Lashemayim or it's die. I'd actually want most of the Holkim. The Chazal continue and say, had the Rosh not said that, had he not called his enough, quote unquote, to have an earth, they would still be to this day in the state of continuous progressive development. So therefore, the word Kalei is also used to mean. With like meaning like kala to restrain, hold back, fence in. And the of a kala, which is a, which is a jail, basically So it's putting a limit on something. But but that that brings to mind this that thought which I spoke to you while you know recently about the idea that limits is what creates purpose and function. Something which is limitless. Is is amorphous. So uh, almost, in, you know, in, in standard you know, Greek philosophical thought, the whole idea is you take chaimer and you give it tzura. You take something which has just it's just matter, uh, and you give it a form. But, but part of the definition of a form is but it's putting a limit on it. If it, there's no limit, there's, there's no form. So. But in the context of, of 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 life, if we can do whatever we want, I think I told you the Marsha Eisman. Marsha Eisman told us a beautiful story that he was when he was one of the times he was going back. He was very involved in the bringing the Russians, you know, working with the Russians, bringing the Russians to America. Um, so there was about Shuba, young man, Russian, who was coming to America, and they were arranging for him to come to the yeshiva here in America, and. He met with the young man. He said, "Like, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, so I could, when I worked with the yeshiva, I could, you know, tell him about you and this, figure out which yeshiva to go to, etc. Why did you become from?" So he said, "The young man said, says, because before I could do whatever I want. Now I can't.'" <laughs> so he looked at him. So he said, "If you remember that a few days before, he asked another young man the same question. And the other, man, the other young man had said, it's very cold out there. It's very warm in here.'" A, so he said, "You know what? I realized." He says that a person who has no has no calling, has no purpose, can do whatever he wants. Once you have a calling and a purpose, you can't do whatever you want. So I tell you, you can do whatever you want. What I'm really saying is that you're worthless. You're unimportant. So I don't care what you do. When I say you can't do whatever you want, I'm saying you're important. You can't do whatever you want. So the drunkard who lives in the corner. You know, nobody gets upset the fact that he's drinking because he's who cares. The pilot gets drunk; <laughs> it's a problem because you can't get. You have rules because you have you have you have a job. Who care? 
So rule limits rules putting uh, rules is, is, is the definition meaning we're giving you a purpose. So kela, the idea of limiting you is the idea of the of, of something a purposeful end. So that's why the word kiloyin, kela, all these words are now coming together again in Rehersha's, you know, beautiful way of doing that. Um, because we're discussing purpose. So the Russian said, Omar Lalama die, he put limits on the world. That's the way to say that okay, now the world is ready to do something. It has to keep expanding. Oh, that's I mean it's not it's not doesn't have a it doesn't have a purpose yet. Once it's put on the Amr Lama die, you put limits on it. So by Yechulash, when the Rosh ended it, means he get, now he gave it purpose. So it's a very fascinating thought process that the Rosh is. You're going to do for child rearing. Same thing. You have all these low sase. Don't run in the street. Don't get touch Because you want to create a structure for the child to. Right. And if you tell the you tell the kid, you do whatever you want, what you're really saying is I really couldn't care less whatever happens right. to you. <laughs> right. You know, that's a horrible statement. That's why kids crave rules. You know, next time he says, listen, kid, I care about you very much, and that's why I'm giving you rules. You know, you know <laughs> right, yeah, that, right, tell me about it. You know? <laughs> like, you know. um, but in, in a long-term, you know, reality, that's true. That, that you know, when you see it in a little slice, like, you know, I want to do whatever I want. But in a long-term reality, the fact that a person has limits, and therefore he... he the other story which I gave you was a story about the fellow who came to Cleveland and told me I live in a box. Oh, come on. I yeah. told you that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. About, the fellow who wasn't from came to visit to Cleveland. I took him out, he came out to Yeshiva yeah. to visit me. Oh. Yeah. So I spent the morning there and afterwards I asked him, so what do you think? He says, Rabbi, you live in a box. Oh. Right? Oh. So I said, you're saying limits are bad. I'm saying limits are good because limits help you focus. Right. Right. So um, a jack of all trades is a master of none. The guy who wants to take the courses in in, in architecture and in, in astronomy and in you know biology and in chemistry because you know going A B C D you know you know he's in, he's into all the, all twenty all these different fields of endeavor he's never gonna be anything but you drop all the things you focus on I want to be a biologist so stop taking courses in architecture you know it doesn't help you. So by, by putting limits, the, it's a very sad day. He'll never become a lawyer. But the answer is, you're right, but he'll become a biologist. <laughs> Otherwise, he'll become nothing. So the idea of putting limits on something is, is, is gives, it, gives it a function and a purpose. What? I was thinking of Shepard Yates. I said, oh, there's a becoming economist. <laughs> That's E. I didn't get the E yet. <laughs> Where's McCarver? <laughs> so, um, That's all the way down there. See, so... Yeah. <laughs> I have Um, so then you look at, the, look at the next page the ending of creation that no new formations emerge in a word the Sabbath of creation which the world stopped is a yet louder more pronounced revelation of the creator than the positive existence of the heaven and earth if as the materialistic outlook on the world has taught in all ages, the origin of the world was due to physical causes. That there's no free will thinking almighty will active thereat. <laughs> if the world has only to thank the existing forces of nature for its evolution, 
Why then has there been a Sabbath in creation for thousands of years? Why are these forces not still working, producing almighty new things? If the causes are still to hand, why is the effect missing? What has brought the creative power to an end? Just the fact that as far back as human memory goes, or records exist, no new creations have appeared. Just the fact that the Sabbath reigns in creation and proves that this Sabbath was preceded by thinking, limit-setting, all-powerful creator, that this world is not the result of the force of nature work, working with blind uh, automatic necessity, but the work of a free-willed, free-working, with full consciousness and intent, almighty thinking being. A fascinating thought. You know, so every evolution tells you, you know, well, there's enough time, it'll come into being. But we've never witnessed it. As far as records go, and mankind has seen, we've never seen a new species come into existence. Creation has stopped. Why has creation stopped? It's illogical that creation should stop. So their answer is, well, it takes so long, you don't see a brilliance happen, right? That's their answer. Because they agree. It cannot be that creation is stopping, because that wouldn't make any sense why creation should stop. But if if we're willing to be honest, you know that with all of the efforts we've been trying to figure out, it still hasn't make any worked out, right? That is the message of Shabbos. Indicates that there was a there was the, there was a forethought of purpose. Now that's why there's an end. Rav Hirsch himself said that he would be okay. If evolution was proven true, he would be okay. Right, but that, but the pointers would be what they call it. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, directed evolution. Intelligent design. Intelligent design. Thank you. Right, but the point is that it still doesn't. But it, it, it stops at some point. Why should it? There's no logic why it should stop unless. There, if you have a, there is a creator who had a goal for it, then there's a reason why it should stop. Otherwise, it's totally illogical. So Shabbos indicates a free-willed creator with a goal and a purpose for the world. So that's why Shabbos is the, the we so, we sort of celebrate Shabbos as the day of the, of, of the Torah, not Yom Aleph. Which is the beginning of creation? Let's celebrate the beginning. Of cre- that's when God made the world. Like that's the day you should recognize as the day of Hashem, because I, the, the recognition of Hashem as being the free-willed Creator, doing it of His own, is much more in the cessation than in the creation. Rosh Hashanah, right? Right. So it, 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 I think he builds it up in such an awesome way. To, to, again, that the fact that the world ends, the world stopped creating. The Rosh Hashanah by Yechulu Hashamayim is what gives the world a function of purpose. But that tells you that there, if, if there's a function of purpose, there is a there is a free will creator who made it to give it a function of purpose. Because there's no other way that that could be. And none of the other day it's had that functional purpose. But then the other days of creation have a have, have indicate that concept. Right. Okay. Next paragraph, he he develops that that um. um 
this concept, the last last sentence of the next paragraph. Thus, Vayichul is a great Jewish attestation for the creation of the world by a free, wise, almighty God. And that's how he sees Vayichul. So I think, we'll, hopefully this Friday night, when we say Vayichul, we'll say it with a little, a little bit different flavor. Um... Now, now the, on, the, on the next page, she talks about Malacha. Now, that, this is a famous piece from Rehersh. Um I don't know if you have you have you all of you seen it inside that famous piece from Rehersh about Malacha. What well, the definition of what Malacha means doesn't mean work, physical toil, and labor. It means creativity, but it actually means more than that because he creates the he connects the word Malacha to the word Malach. Malach is a messenger. So, when I express mastery over matter and I use it for my purposes, each of the things becomes, as it were, my shliach to accomplish what I want to accomplish. That's what a malach does. I, a malach is a messenger. Malachim are called malachim because the person sends them, has a purpose that they should accomplish. That's why Chazal say that you, that you can't have two malachim doing the same job because, by definition, if they were doing the same job, they'd be the same one. Because Omalach, all it means just means it means a messenger. Two messengers doing the same thing are one messenger. They're both the same messenger. So Omalach is the ability to take the world and put it on your dominion and make it work for you and do what you want. That's what the word Omalach means. That's an awesome touch of the concept of Omalach. And that's what he says. He means creative, creative work. But the root of the concept of the word Omalach means the showing of dominion over the world. to make it do what I want it to do. So moving a chair from here to there doesn't sh- express that. But the idea that I can t- take and use... Okay, let's see it inside. Okay, there's another conception closely connected with that. Of, it says, He spoke about what, what Tzvah means, etc. Okay, that... Everything that got, which God created is called Malach To. Malach is not work looked on as labor or toil, because the Bershom didn't labor and toil. Malach is work looked on as something done, accomplished. Working is a term which only works, looks on the labor, on the greater or lesser effort of an activity without consideration of the result, the product. That's what the word labor, toil, work, etc. Malach only considers the result, the product of activity. But Malach is simply the feminine of Malach. Um, what Malach is personally, Malach is factually. Just as a Malach, a messenger, is the bearer and executor of the thought and intention of another, so Malach is a thing which becomes the bearer and executor of the thought and intention of a mind. Every material to which a directing mind has given a form conforming to a definite purpose, by being given that form, becomes the Malacha of that mind. Its actual messenger serves as the bearer of the thought and intention of that mind. For example, Relatives lie there as such, they can be used for all sorts of purposes. I weave them into a basket. Now the twigs serve exclusively the purpose I gave them, I gave them by the form to which I have made them. So now the twigs which I wove into a basket have become thereby my factual malach, my malacha. In a wider sense, all the things which serve the purpose of intelligent beating are its malacha. So if I have Jacob, it says, properties is the regular malacha, shayin lefanai. Show that only intelligent being God and deep beneath him man can make a malacha. When Adam achieves a malacha, it's a typical one becomes a malacha through the intelligence of a human being who uses his strength and powers as his instrument. An animal can never have idea that it has a, it has a purpose that it wants to endow with something. So it's not a malacha. It's only malacha when the human being uses the animal's powers to do that. 
all that is there here is called the Malachas Elohim. It is not only in itself, by its existence, the realization of a thought of God, but it goes on continuously being the bearer and lizard of the thought of God that has been planted in it, of which it is to be its realization. In other words, the idea of Malacha means it continues to have that function after the moment it was created. Just like I appoint a messenger and now he goes and does the job, so there's the moment of appointments, and then there is the execution of it, there's the moment of creating the basket, and then there's the usage of the basket. It's still representing what my purpose, my, 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 what job I've given to it. Your design. My design is still, continues to be the, the, the design and, and purpose, hence messenger continues. Right. So the world is Hashem's malacha, in the sense it, it Russia put it in place, and it's going to continue to always act in that form, in that purpose. Um... The mount, and therefore he says, of material forces which given to each, the firm which was stamped, makes everything into, into Malachas Hashem. Um, so being and doing the whole world is, is a, thought, a thought of God, a message from, from, so it's like a message from Hashem. All human knowledge and science is in effect on the effort to get at the nature and meaning of life from peering into the working of this thought of God. Man only thinks he does something, does know something, when he's half the season getting some indication of the divine thoughts. Okay, gets involved in that. Um, so, the Russian put everything in the world as a malacha, which means everything in the world was given, it was given with a goal in mind that it's, it's going to have a purpose here, in, why it's here in the world. So that's how, that's how we and and the, the idea of Shabbos, where we are Shabbos and Shabbos and Malacha, means one day a week we remind ourselves that we're not the one who's giving the world its f- f- purpose and function by making the world do what I want it to do. We're allowing the world to exist of its own, and I'm just part of that 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 world. Um. So, so the way he the way he defines it in other places is anything which an animal could do, a human being could do also. So an animal could slap something, a human being could slap something. Anything which an animal could do, that's not an expression of malacha, because an animal that doesn't have the the pre, the intelligent thought to give something a purpose to make it a messenger. So, therefore. Slapping those type of things are not what, the, what the, but but the idea of giving it a purpose and a function that 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 only man can do, and that's that's what's also in Shabbos. So converting something um, into so cooking food, the point is I'm taking something which is raw, I'm making it, I'm making it into it has a purpose of being food. The animal eats it as is because it's. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Human being makes it into it has so, something which I. It, it's Bama. What? Bama. Bama. Right. So he says. So so what's that in Hutzah? So out of all of these things, an animal slaps things out as, as well as all. So the, the, the issue is not slapping. It says the issue is moving something from Shusayachat to Shusarab. Right. Says why? What? Why is that? It says because. The, the, the same way changing the physical form of something changes its purpose, hence what its, mes- its, what its job is, its messenger is. 
items which are, exist in the private domain of an individual and items which exist in the public domain sometimes have different functions. And transferring something from the domain of an individual into the domain of a, of, of a rabbin changes its purpose. And that's where the Yisr is a problem. It says, but the, the, the difference in all of the Malachas and saw is the change is in the perception of the man, man's mind, what it's for. It's still Malach grew at the end of the day, right? So it's Malach grew, but because the change takes place in your mind, not in the item. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. So he says, so Chazal came along. So what you could say is worse. It's a greater expression. So, so, so Rav Hutner says, brings a morale. The morale says, why does the Shabbos start with Hutzah? He says, because what Shabbos added to the world is that purpose and function defines everything. And the Malacha, which best expresses the concept that the, the idea of a purpose and a function changes something, is Hutzah. So it comes out that Hutzor is the, the quintessential expression of Shabbos more than anything else because it's the decision about something which defines it. Why do you call Malach Guru though? Uh, well, it's Malach in the sense that it's, it's, it's for the average person. It's a depraved, like well, lower level Malach right. for people to take. So Rehearse takes this in Chayrev in, in and he says, Chazal say that Muksa is, is, is uh, it goes under the umbrella of the concept of Hutzor. He says, why? Because what's the Yisrael of Muxa? It's an item which before Shabbos was not designated to be used as a kli. It means it wasn't brought into the realm of mankind's usage. And at Shabbos, I want to decide to give it a purpose and use it. Use it. That's exactly what you can't do on Shabbos. So, uh, so... What you had in mind. That's what people don't know about what? Right, a rock does not have to be mukta if you decide I want to use it on Shabbos. Right, That's before Shabbos. before Shabbos, but I can't. Shabbos. I can't make that decision before Shabbos. I can't. I cannot change an on item Shabbos. to have be functional and purposeful on Shabbos. That's exactly the point of Shabbos. So, but the lesson, which the place where I see that it, a change That's takes place uh, in a mind, is it considered as a halachic change, is from Hitzor. So that's why Mux is an express is goes under the umbrella of the Malach of Hitzah. That sort of first explains the connection between Mux and Hitzah, which is an awesome piece. And I, I once told it to a gifter. The receiver one time said in Shiri, he says that he feels that every Drabonon it's not, not someone the Kana Chazal made, it's Chazal's deep understanding of the Daraisa. To the point they felt that this also, even though Torah did not require this, this is what the Torah meant as well. That's what he said. So I told Shira after Shira this example. Shigavaldik. <laughs> Shigavaldik. Like, you know, because that Hutsaw, the Drabonan, is Chazal's uptight of what the power of Hutsaw is, that just deciding not moving it, but just deciding giving it purpose and function is really expression of this concept that that's problematic as well. That's what, why Hutsaw is a problem. Okay. So books is an uptight, a deep understanding of what you said of the Moloch of, of. It's all around. By understanding what Moksa is, you can look back and understand how Chazal understood Hutsaw. That's what Shiva was saying. So Shiva liked it very much. He felt there was this piece from Hershel was a Gavaldiga example of what he was trying to say. So that's so the malacha is this whole idea of giving something a, a purpose and a function, and therefore it becomes an expression of you having dominion over the world and making things in the world your messenger. Okay. So on Shabbos you need to stop that. But anything which an animal does, it's not an expression of messenger, such a concept. So that there's no reason to be shabbos. I you have the dinner she says behemtoy. She says behemtoy is in the concept. Is in the is, is an animals allowed to eat on shabbos? A lot of be kaitzer because it's not it's not a process. When when a man reaps, 
the reaping is seen as part of a process. Okay, I'm going to reap it, and I'm going to thresh it, and I'm going to make it into flour, and I'm going to make it into bread, etc. Et There's a whole slew of things. I'm, I'm, I'm changing this to show my, give it a different, a different purpose and a different function. Animal eats it. End the conversation. So the, the, what I what I, I, but I if, but if I try and use the animal for that, that's already I'm making it have a, a there is a reason why I'm doing that. That's already problematic because then I'm now it's okay.